Hello and welcome back to the C. Thomas Printer Cooperative, a place to make you think, make you remember, and make you smile. March 12, 2023. I do not think you can trust bankers to control themselves. They are like heroin addicts. Charlie Munger, Vice Chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. Good morning. I'm Osteta Jones and I'm here with C. Thomas Printer. C. Thomas, you have thrown me a curveball today, haven't you? Good morning, Austerity. And yes, I have. On this date in history, 252 years ago to be exact, British troops opened fire, killing Crispus Attucks and four others in the Boston Massacre. This was a prelude to the American Revolution. Also born on this date, Bernard Arnault, the sometimes richest man in the world. Some of you are probably saying, why did you start with this? You normally end with this. And I will respond because we didn't put those in on March 5th last week. Why did we not put them in March 5th last week? Because if you listen to LBLF, you could tell that C. Thomas Printer was suffering from a cold. And when we recorded Bygone Relics, I was really suffering from a cold. So we always have another episode ready, and we'd already recorded the one cesspool of fools, but we didn't offer the March 5th historical lessons that we normally do. So we had another episode ready to run last week, and I'm going to read that one, and then we are going to discuss how much has changed in the week since I didn't record it because I was feeling under the weather. So here we go. Bear with us as we completely have craziness in banking this week. This is what I was planning to write for last week's episode of Bygone Relics. I was planning on writing about something else, but we like to keep it current around here. Oops, I missed that. And a topic I have had my eye on for some time has started to make a shift. Jim Bianco, a great macroeconomic analyst, who if you aren't following, you should, wrote that two banks are making the news, but for very different reasons. Silvergate Bank got itself caught up with crypto and is now delaying producing its 10K, meaning it couldn't put together reliable audited numbers for its investors and was punished for it. This stock was trading for $25 a share just last year, and now is trading below five bucks a share, shedding 47% of its value on Thursday. This was last Thursday. As of this Thursday, this bank is out of business. This is the update to last week's episode. It was a bank that you could put dollars and purchase cryptocurrency and was everybody's darling not so long ago. I wish I could tell you that this would be the last crypto institution or bank to fail, but I won't because it isn't. Boy, is that true. We had a failure in the bank just on Friday, which was Silicon Valley Bank, which I didn't even mention in this last week's episode, but we'll get to that in a minute. I said, I don't think it will survive because of trust, a broken trust. Boy, is that prescient. Of all the industries that investors can invest in, the one that trust matters most is to banking. If everyone goes to the bank and asks for their money back at the same time, the bank will go under. 
We have discussed bank runs before and how they are the most dangerous thing in the financial arena. There is a crypto run going on right now in many jurisdictions, but a link to the real economy was Silvergate, and they got caught up in the musical chairs of foolishness, and that will be their demise. The other institution that Jim Bianco mentioned was Credit Suisse. They are not a niche crypto bank. They are a huge bank. And from Jim's Twitter, quote, made a new all-time 32-year low last Thursday. It had to boost deposit rates to stop an exodus of assets, a.k.a. a bank run. Bianco makes the point that this was met with a shrug of the shoulders. Folks, this isn't shrugging your shoulders. According to the New York Post, customers withdrew $120 billion from the bank just last month. This is clutch your pearls time. To make matters worse, they announced this week that a rogue employee had accessed personal data of some of its high net worth clients. The high net worth clients were offered free enrollment in Identity Works, an identity theft protection service. Ha! In 2021, a lack of oversight cost them dearly in the green steel capital debacle that saw the bank forced to repay investors $5 billion due to a lack of oversight. And again, another $5 billion with the Bill Huang family office trading meltdown. This is a bank that deserves to go due to its casino-like behavior, folks. Their compliance obligations not only didn't do their job, they were flagging down a waitress and having her deliver drinks to the craps tables. Some of their best employees are leaving, and this feels like the end of Switzerland's second biggest bank. A few months ago, George Gammon broke down that the Federal Reserve swap lines had gotten some activity in Switzerland, and I wonder if the Fed isn't quietly backstopping some of this activity. I kind of buried the lead, but they are trying to stop money from leaving the bank, a bank run. We had just talked about gated real estate funds and how the gate was the only thing keeping the redemption scenario from becoming a bank run. There is one going on across the pond, a very big global bank, and the market was up 1%. The market doesn't care. People don't care, but we do. This did not age well, considering I wrote this for last week. <laughs> Liquidity is very important to individuals as, as well as companies. The behaviors of people are quite unpredictable, but people's tastes and preferences change quickly. Remember how fast Tiger King was famous and how quickly he was forgotten? Do you remember how famous the cast on the Jersey Shore were? Do you remember how quickly people started to dislike Meghan Markle? The same thing applies to money. I'm not worried about my bank. I'm not worried about my bank. Oops, I want my money now. What do you mean I can't get my money out quick, right? It happens quick. Boy, did that age well. What does this mean for you? Think that you have all your money in one checking account. You get your paycheck and it's directly deposited and you automatically pay your bills out of it. Your life is simple. But what if one of these banks was your bank? You say, well, my money is backed by the FDIC and the government. That is true, but when? Governments and bureaucracies move very slowly. Do you think your credit card company isn't going to hit you with a big fee for missing your payment date? What about your landlord? I'm sure he will let you slide on not paying the rent, or maybe you have a mortgage at another bank. Non-payment has started the process toward foreclosure, and although your frozen bank keeps telling you that any day now your money will be accessible, it isn't. Your power's gotten turned off, your car got repoed, and your pet didn't get his tummy medicine. So every time he walks through the living room, it smells like you have visited elephants at the zoo on a hot July day. But I digress. 
Our goal has long been to get rich slowly, but never go broke. We don't care about living in the penthouse, but what we really want is to not live in the outhouse, which is homeless in the cities right now, because actually most outhouses are better than that. Just about every financial advisor recommends diversification. And we are not financial advisors, but we recommend the same just differently than their SEC regulated jurisdiction. Get another bank account with a different bank and have some of your emergency funds over there. Add a little gold and silver to that silver coin that we bought with a financial tip a while ago. Have some cash in an accessible place. What this does is buy you some time. The government will likely make you whole again, but if you have lost everything, what good does that do you? If you have to trade in some gold to make a couple payments or to keep the lights on, well, that's what it can be used for. It is the same with having another bank. If one has a reputational problem, maybe it doesn't spill over to the competition. We want options at all times, folks. We don't want to look back and say, we should have been ready for this or done this differently. We study our history. This did happen in the 1930s. This has happened in Cyprus in 2008 when they just took the depositors' money in what was effectively a bail-in. Be prepared, people. There are strains in the system that are not being reported by the mainstream press. If there was one takeaway from COVID, it's that the government will not give it to you straight. The propaganda will flow, the data will be suppressed, and they will fire up the excuse meter for why this couldn't be helped or known. This is happening today if you are paying attention, if you know where to look. Very few people are looking, so let's be among the few that are prepared for whatever the failing banks are trying to tell us whatever the inverted 210 yield curve is trying to tell us, or whatever our leaders won't tell us. Fiscal winter is coming. This is what I wrote last week. I had no idea that it was going to end up like this. I don't think anybody did. On Tuesday, Forbes came out with their list of most trusted banks in America. Silicon Valley Bank, the 16th largest bank in the country, made the list on Tuesday. Would you care to know, Austerity, what the price of the bank was trading at on Tuesday? Yes, what was that? Yeah, call it 268, 265, somewhere really? in that range. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Then on Thursday, it was down 66%. Then it was down another 66%, and the bank closed Goodness. and was worth zero at Friday at 10 o'clock. In 36 hours, the 16th largest bank in the country went broke. When I said it goes fast, people, not in my wildest dreams did I think it was going to go this fast this week. I wrote that thinking, hmm, bank runs are a problem. They take time. But in the age of social media, in the age of Twitter, this mm -hmm. was something that absolutely frightened people. There is FDIC regulators probably going to be working all weekend long, trying to decipher what they're going to do with this bank. The amount of crypto people that have funds and stable coins tied to these assets is in the billions. There is startups that this is their sole source of funding. We talked about the SDIC, and when I talked to our readers, under 250K is the FDIC threshold. Most mm -hmm. of us in their checking accounts, we keep less than that, so we would be made whole. But in this bank... You had entire companies running their operating capital out of this. We're talking millions. What they're saying is about 96% of the money in this bank was uninsured. 
Wow. Goodness. This is going to be very, very complex and difficult to decipher who gets what, who the senior creditors are, mm-hmm. how this is all going to be distributed. And like we talked, what's the timeline on how this is going to be sorted out? Silvergate mm. Capital, which we did mention, I forgot to mention, they went broke on Wednesday. Yes, by the way. <clears throat> by the way, just an overthought. By- that bank went broke on Wednesday. It wasn't the 16th biggest bank. So now we had a bank go broke. Now we had another bank go broke. And then if we look out there, there's two key um, crypto banks. One is Silvergate. The other one is Signature Bank. Signature Bank's trading was halted today. (laughs) Here is what their stock was trading for. If I can give you the wild craziness that it was dealing with today. It Mm -hmm. was literally trading at one point. Went down to 45, bounced really? all the way up to 90, and then <laughs> closed somewhere in the 70 range after after being halted numerous times throughout the day. And it was trading at over 135 just in February. So, like, this <laughs> is all over the place. We go and we look at another bank that has exposure on the West Coast. First, uh, First Republic, it traded as low as 47 and then bounced and finished the day at about 78 right now in after hours trading. So the fluctuations on these and the fear of, oh my gosh, am I going to get my money out is real, folks. And it's real in a whole bunch of Silicon Valley, a whole bunch of the VC world and the whole bunch of the startup world. This is exactly what I was talking about last week, but I was referring more to individuals and whatnot. This has already started Mm -hmm. in the professional banks, the ones that have more than 250K, which means that they could potentially be on the hook for this. Now, you're asking, is it something like 2008? No, it's not. It's actually something different. It's actually a mismatch in duration. So these banks, instead of most traditional banks you think of as having customers deposit money, those banks Mm -hmm. take that money, they make loans, and they lend it at a higher interest rate than what they pay the depositors, and they make it money on the spread. Correct. This, these people are making money. These um, startups get funding, and they come and deposit the money. They have an IPO. They have a round of funding. They deposit this money in the bank, and then that money starts declining as they use their operating capital until they can do more funding. Well, they haven't been able to do more funding for a while. Right. Because the credit markets are tight because Mm -hmm. interest rates have been going up. So there's no more new funding coming in. So the bank is stuck saying, "Okay, when someone comes and asks for more of their capital, we need to have our money sat in something that we can quickly access. And what they did is mostly put it into treasuries. Seems okay, Mm. But the problem is they put it in long dated treasuries a while ago. And when they had to go cash that out. They didn't keep that until duration, the end of the bond. They had to take it out, and they took it out of the loss because interest rates have went up. Remember, when Mm -hmm. yields go up, the price of bonds go down. So now they're cashing out these bonds at a much lower price. And so they had to cash out some bonds the other day, and mark to market, they had to take a loss. And that put them in a a threshold that made everyone say, oh, boy, this is a a little bit of a precarious situation. And people started saying, I think I'm going to take my money out. And then somebody else did. And then they texted somebody else and somebody else mm-hmm. did. And then you have a bank run. There was people waiting outside the Boston branch of Silicon Valley Bank for 18 hours trying to get their money out. And these are people wow. with millions of dollars in their account and they're insured for 250 k 
the amount of tentacles that this has reaching out into the number of people that will be laid off at these small businesses and this and that is why Bill Ackman came out and said he would recommend and he thinks there should be a bailout because of the effect on small business. I'm sorry, Bill, but you're going to have a tough time getting people to bail out big, rich folks, VC startups, private equity again after what happened in 2008. While people are suffering at the pumps from inflation and at the grocery store, you're going to bail out a bunch of rich people. That will not go over well. And that's the quickest way I could see to having the U.S. start protesting and having fires like they're doing right now in Paris. So I apologize for the length of this one, but this is the first one that we've ever really done here on Bygone Relics, where the news is changing so fast that we're constantly having to audible <laughs> as we do this. And it's been very interesting to do. Very. And we, we've yes. been tap dancing. We've delayed this for a couple hours and we've delayed it a couple hours, but we still have to edit it and get it out. So we're trying to wait till the last minute. But by the time we talk to you next week, I don't know what could happen. Because right. So exciting. So crazy. I don't know what will happen and what things will look like next week. So it was very interesting to come out with something like this. And then all of a sudden we're like, whoa, not only was that kind of on the mark, it was so far beyond what I was even thinking about could happen. Yes, totally. And, did. Totally. and so this is the first FDIC bank to, to fail since 2020. Now, mm -hmm. I'm going to throw a crazy speculative guess out there of what we're going to be talking about next week. What's that? Yes, uh, I don't think I am. <laughs> I've been but looking shoot. in the last hour on social media, and the okay. floods in California have started. And they really? are really bad. And so it's raining very, very hard. They're already preparing to evacuate people. And so this is something that we wrote about. And we said, hey, this could be something to watch on LBLF and the flood of 1862. If yes. all that snowfall that they've got, 10, 15, 20 feet of snow in the last two weeks starts melting and there's a rain, we could be looking at something that we might be talking about next week. We're not sure, but this might be something we at least might mention. So, so today it's like a day in the earthquake in the markets and actual flooding on the streets. There's flooding and blooding. There's blood in the streets today. There's no doubt about it, austerity. I bet you there are people that don't know whether they're going to get their money. Um, they don't know if they have access to their money. And so now it's all locked up. It's in the FDIC's hands. Now, mm -hmm. the FDIC plans for this. They've done this before. And I think it'll be interesting to see the first numbers I've been hearing is most people will get about 80 cents in the dollar which would be okay, right? That would be a real problem and a real haircut, but it wouldn't be catastrophic because they did have some bonds, right? This wasn't, mm -hmm. we don't know everything and it's very soon, but from what I'm seeing, it looks like they will have an ability to get some of them out, some of their mm -hmm. funds back because as depositors, it's a little bit different, but there's still real risk is the big thing. And so the other thing that people are talking about and they're starting to see now is, wait a second, I have that risk. I'm going to pull all of my money out of my bank up down to the 250K level. And this yeah. is how this becomes a contagion across multiple banks and multiple areas and multiple systems because we know in fractional reserve banking, can't afford to do that. So it's no. going to be a very interesting weekend. And Monday morning, it's going to be very interesting to see what's happening. 
um, and where we sit on Monday. The markets did not like it. Um, they're already anticipating that the Fed is going to pivot because of this. That was in, and we don't even have a chance to talk about this because we're already running late. But mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of things that we'll be keeping our eye on. And we'll have a very full LBLF and we'll have a very full bygone <laughs> relics next week for sure. Correct. yours, C. Thomas Printer. What's happening, Norm? It's a dog-eat-dog world, Sammy. And I'm wearing milk bond underwear. Norm Peterson on Cheers. It is definitely a dog-eat-dog world, and that is a very appropriate quote, Austerity. The financial (laughs) tip of the week. Our whole episode today was a financial tip to you. In a nutshell, the key is to diversify. Diversify your counterparty risk, your bank, maybe your credit cards, maybe where you keep some extra cash. The key is not putting all your eggs in one accessible basket. On this date in history, 14 years ago to be exact, Bernie Madoff was sentenced to 150 years in prison due to running the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. I don't think that record is going to last. Also born on this date, Austerity Jones. Oh, see, Tom's, do I really have to say that? Yes, Austerity. Oh, well, thank you. Happy birthday to me. Hey, happy birthday. 